just makes me so emotional. Sorry. I don't think people realize what this means to me. It is not just, not just rehab. This is me walking down my wedding aisle. This is me returning to my job as a nurse, running and playing with my future kids one day. It's my life, and they are paying to help restore a life, and it's beautiful and overwhelming, and I don't know how I will ever be able to thank our community and my friends and family and loved ones. It's just more than I could have ever expected or hoped for. The Country 107 Morning Show with Dave Anthony. We caught up with Brianna Seawald, who was in a very serious accident a number of months ago. We caught up and talked about the support from the community, how she's been doing, what the process was like, you know, with the person who actually caused the accident, and a whole lot more. Uh, We started with Brianna. Can you just try and put into words what the last few weeks and months have have really been like for you emotionally? Uh, I think grateful. I think very grateful and, like I said before, overwhelmed. I think I knew before this, well, long before this, that I had such a large support system before this, and this just is overwhelming how far this has already reached in just a few days and how how uh, m- like how many people came together for this it's not just about supporting me it's community c- coming together now and it's just it's such a beautiful thing is it weird to be the 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 one in the middle that's kind of bringing the community together like is that a is that a weird point of view to take it from um i feel like a little bit yes i would have never expected this for my life and i especially would have never expected to be seen like this now and like yeah it's it's very strange yes <laughs> but you're handling it very well i mean it can't always be easy but the mental side of things the last what two two and a half years has, has got to have taken you on quite a ride yeah i went from graduating nursing school being a new nurse working through my first pandemic to getting into a life-changing accident to now fighting for just basic like human needs and being an advocate and now just being a role model in our community it's been a very crazy journey and you're a tiktok celebrity as well Yes, as it would seem. Uh, yeah, so it's pretty amazing, your overall journey. Um, let's just jump right into it then, uh, Brianna. Um, again, just give us a bit of an update on, on how you're doing physically and, and how you've been recovering since your accident. So it is. I've been out of my collar now, and my neck has been free from all braces for about a month and a half now. I'm close, well, closer to two months now, probably. Um, I'm doing well physically. My bones are healing as they should. I have finally come out of that like woods of maybe needing back surgery, neck surgery, things like that. There's still a lot of things and a lot of follow-up appointments that need to happen and probably will for the next year. Um, And it's, I think, again, overwhelming at times, but it's good. I have really come through this on the other side now. Now it is just about recovering my body and getting it back to where it needs to be and where it can be. Um, I've, Other than that, I've been doing very well. I'm really glad to hear that. And yes, and, and you know, part of you healing uh, physically is, is something that the community can really get behind. We'll get to uh, what you put out on social media uh, not in just a little bit. Uh, I want to go back a little bit, though, because I saw a post you made it towards the end of April. And, you know, a lot of people must have been asking, what's happened to the person that caused your accident? Can you maybe give us uh, a bit of a just an update on what happened there uh, as you released uh, a, a wonderful YouTube video on the subject? Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Sure. 
like I was saying, the last few weeks have just, they've not really gone my way, but that's okay. This just gives me a chance to help make positive change for somebody else. And obviously, I had no idea what this system was going to be like. I had no idea going into this what what sentencing would look like for something like this. Um, I've obviously never been in a car crash and never been part of anything like this. It was a very hard experience to go through and something that, again, I think that I can help make a positive change for somebody else doesn't have to go through it. Lots of people ask me, what happened to the man that caused this accident? And because we live in a no-fault province, um, there was no really penalty given to this um, other individual. And I don't wish, I would like to start by saying, like, I never wish ill upon this other person. It was a four-second mistake. Um, and one I hope that he can learn from and that I can help other people learn from as well. Um, so I make a point of never saying his name or the company that he worked for. I don't wish ill on him. It was a mistake. But a mistake that I have to live with now and that I am paying for every day and will for the rest of my life. And he ended up getting a $1,000 fine and a $2,000 restitution order to be paid back to me, which doesn't really even cover a full week of spinal rehab. Um, and there will be no other penalties given to this person. Um, and it just because we live in a no-fault uh, province, it's, it was heartbreaking to sit in that room and have to only have my fiancé there and to speak and say my impact statement that was told things I wasn't allowed to say. It wasn't even my full truth, but it held so much weight in that room that day that a judge told me that he's never read anything quite like what I wrote. And so much, in fact, that he couldn't even bring it to his wife so his wife could read it because he didn't want anyone else to have to go through that pain or to relive what I had to go through. And to know that my words can carry that much weight, but still, in the end, so little was done. I think that we can come together as a whole, as a province, to see that this is a real injustice that's being done. That my case is not an isolated case. I have a voice where many other people don't. And over the last, I'd say, four weeks now, the messages of people just telling me their stories, very similar stories, um, it's just its heartbreaking to know that this is what's going on. And there's a whole side that people don't realize. I would have never thought to think about this until it became my life. And it's a sad realization, and it's sad that it had to happen this way. But to know that there are thousands of Manitobans that go through this every day is just truly heartbreaking. And I think that there is room here for change. How did you just deal with walking out of that room after everything that happened and or maybe everything that didn't happen? How do you deal with, were you angry? Were you frustrated? Were you defeated? How did you feel walking out and, and, and how did you deal with, with everything that came out of that room You know, in the days afterwards? It was just very um, anticlimactic. Like it just kind of got said, well, this is what's going to happen. Have a good day. And we kind of, Ryan and I just looked at each other like, do we just leave now? And they're like, yep. So we just sat outside in the lobby for a few moments just to gather our thoughts. And like, I really just couldn't believe that that's that my life was only worth a thousand dollars that had I died there that day, um, that the penalty would have been exactly the same. And again, just, there was a real sense of being defeated there. And the last, my mental fortitude has been very good throughout the situation up until the last few weeks. Again, it was a lot to deal with. And I think that was the moment where I truly felt broken in this situation. Like 
I had waited for closure in this moment and waited for, I knew, like I said in my YouTube video, that there was never going to be justice served. It was a mistake and a moment that would never be able to be taken back. There is no justice in what happened because there's a man that lives with unimaginable guilt and I don't wish that for him. But there's also me, someone who lives with life-changing injuries because of his mistake. But what I did hope is that there would be closure in being able to just face this person and go through it, but that never got to happen. So there was a real moment of just being defeated, and I came home for the two weeks after that, and I, I really fell into a bit of a depression, and it was the first time that I really, truly struggled mentally throughout this process because if nothing happened then, I am left to just deal with this now, just me. If nobody else has to pay for this and nobody else has to go through this, what do I do now? And I felt like I hit a real brick wall there, and it was. It was very tough. Very defeated, sense of feeling very defeated. I can't imagine what that would have been like and, and how you know empty it must have felt. Do you feel like the province and the system has really just kind of turned their back on you and, and really let you down when you needed them? Yes, and like I said, this is not an isolated case. And there's literally hundreds and thousands of people who've messaged me to tell me this similar thing. And it's heartbreaking. I know that I have a voice that can be heard and will be heard. But to know that this has gone on for years and it's just something that blindly happens. And I think there's a real, you know, correlation between like people just think like this is the way things are and I'm just one person. I can't make a change. But change always starts with that ripple effect, right? The second one person drops a stone into the water and that spreads out, we can come together as a province and make this better because there should be penalties for people who can say, yes, I was carelessly driving and I decided not to look across four lanes of highway and I just decided to speed across. There should be penalty for that. There should be better investigation after an accident. You should be looked at phone. People should have to look at phone records. People should have to be, you know, tested, not be able to refuse care, especially if they've admitted to causing an accident. And, like, do I think that um, every accident um, deserves jail time? Absolutely not. Accidents can be accidents. I do believe that icy roads and animals, losing control of your vehicle, weather conditions, I believe that those are accidents. But I believe what happened to me was a collision and a very preventable one. And I think that this can be a campaign part of the four seconds and not part of the, you know, 100. Four seconds matter on the highway. That could happen to anyone. It could be you quickly looking at a phone. It could be quickly changing the radio station, grabbing something out of the back for your kids while you're driving. It literally could happen to anyone at any moment, and four seconds matter. Because I could have died there that day, and I didn't. And the province needs to work on making better penalties for these kinds of things. And I believe if there was maybe a little bit harsher of a penalty, then maybe people would think twice as hard before they got into their vehicle. Every day that you get home is a blessing that somebody didn't, you know, hit you and there wasn't an accident, that everyone did exactly what they were supposed to do the day that you were driving. Right now, if you're at work, if you're listening to this wherever you are, it is a blessing that you got there. And within four seconds, that could change. I think the province owes it to Manitobans, not only as Manitobans, but as people to show compassion in these situations and to help make a change where change is needed. 
It's very well said, Brianna. We just have uh, two more. Actually, Kenton Dick from our newsroom has joined, and he's going to ask you a question here in just a second. But I have one more quick follow-up. Uh, did the man who, who caused your accident, or uh, who, the man who caused your, your injuries, has he ever apologized to you? Has he ever looked you in the eye and just said, I'm sorry for what happened? No. The night before court, I received a written apology, like a typed-up apology, about two paragraphs long. Um, I've never... I've never heard this man's voice. I've never seen him. What I know of him is only what I saw through my broken windshield that day as he circled around my car. Um, I would have been open that day to hearing an apology and showing forgiveness in that moment. I feel like forgiveness could have been a huge moment for both of us to alleviate pain and suffering. Um, I showed up that day. I showed up at a great personal cost to myself to be able to face the man who almost killed me, and he did not show up. He chose to do his part of the court hearing over the phone and what I got the night before court. The night before court, I received an apology letter. Mm. That's, yeah. Brianna, this is uh, Kenton Dick. And the last time we chatted, you had mentioned uh, more than one person was involved that day. Uh, you also had somebody that really helped you out at the scene and, and phone 911 and uh, kind of stayed with you in the car. I know last time we talked, you had said that there was a chance that you could meet, hadn't really worked out due to COVID. Have you been able to meet yet? Have you been able to set up that meeting? I wish every day that I could meet John. We still have not met in person. Um, a few weeks or a few months ago now, um, one of the local news stations was able to get him on a Zoom call, I guess. And that was the first time I seen John's face was on the, the TV. I thought, I kind of remember what he saw, what I thought he looked like in my broken rear view mirror. Um, and that's all I remembered of him. So that was the first time I got to see his face, and I just cried. I was so excited to see him, and just you could just see that he was just such a, an amazing human being, and he was, I truly believe he was there that day for a reason because I would have been far worse off without him. I'm not even sure that I would have lived had he not been there or been even as functional as I am now, and I owe a lot of my success to John and for what he did for me that day. There will be a time where I will sit down with my family and him, and we will have a dinner, and we will talk, and um, hopefully, I don't know what kind of gift I will ever be able to give John to ha to say thank you. What do you give to the person that saved your life? But I do hope that he gets to meet my family. My mom and my dad would love to meet the man who saved me, my grandma, my fiance, and me. But COVID has made that very difficult. As it's made difficult for everything in the world right now. So when it is safe to do so, we will sit with John and we will we will have our time. <laughs> That's really cool, and uh, you do have his number, right? Like you, you've you've been kind of in communication a little bit here and there. Yeah, he's checked up on me. Well, since the, I since the moment we crashed, it took a little bit of an army to find him. At first, we just referred <laughs> to him as Angel John, and uh, thank goodness for Facebook and my granny. She ended up finding his daughter, and that's how we got a hold of him. So he messaged me already when I was in HSC, and Ryan just read me the text, and I just again I weeped. I was just again. I was so excited that we found him, that he wasn't just someone who showed up that day and I was never going to see again. So he texts me, he checks up on me, and he's just, he's a very, very sweet person. It's been pretty amazing to see your journey, and you know what, your journey continues, and you know, this is a big step for you, because uh, the reason we're talking today is, is of course, to, to see how you're doing, and we're so thankful that you're doing okay, but... There's still a little bit more that can be done, Brianna. Uh, why don't you explain to us a little bit about the video that you posted uh, just a couple days ago and the response that you've gotten from uh, all over the community. So I had to formally petition to MPI for spinal rehab. 
um, I, I do receive ther- like physiotherapy now two times a week with my athletic therapist, the same lady who's been coming to my house for home physio since my accident. Obviously, I couldn't go to a clinic while I was in my halo. But I, because of COVID and um, just like the real situation that really just started with being discharged long before I should have been, I have missed out on formal spinal rehab right away. And the spinal rehab would be dedicated to my injuries and being able to heal the injuries that I have or at least help me make, make me more functional with what I have right now. MPI doesn't fund for um, ex- exercise-based therapy programs. And that is what First Steps Wellness in the City is. And they are dedicated to spinal rehab and helping people regain function of their life. So I had my family doctor, my athletic therapist, um, the owner of First Steps Wellness in Regina right in a into this formal proposal because immediate um, immediate approval was denied, so I had to write in a proposal. So I did, and it was just so cavalier. They were like, well, we just can't fund it, but have a nice day. Mm-hmm. Okay. When I asked, just so we're clear, this is the chance at me being able to walk again, me being functional, me being a nurse again, and it's just that easy to be denied. And, like, it's just something legislation doesn't cover, much like why MPI doesn't cover things like massage therapy, things like that. It's a legislation that decides what they cover and what they don't. So they denied it, um, and the, which was obviously heartbreaking. I just I couldn't get out of bed that day. I sobbed because that was my, my little glimmer of hope to be able to get back to a functional life again. And um, that's when Ryan and I just talked. Like The cost was just too great for me to be able to go alone. It's $100 an hour. They want me to go four, day, four hours a day, five days a week, that's $2,000, you know, every other week and $8,000 a month, six to $8,000 a month. And it's just a cost that we can't afford anymore. There's so many things that we've come into contact with now that insurance doesn't cover. There's a large misconception that MPI has and will cover everything after you get into an accident. I thought that before an accident, that if you got into an accident, you're fine, you're covered. That is not the case. And it is true to most people who have to deal with the system. And it just, it's so ridiculous that we have the facility here that can make people functional. We're not utilizing it and not using it. So Ryan and I decided to do GoFundMe. And it is not something that I would have ever done. It's, I think it's a little bit of an ego, a little bit of just like, you know, not wanting to have to ask people to pay for something that should be paid for by an insurance company. But it's something I need to be functional again. And I have a real chance of being fully functional again if I have the adequate therapy. So we made a GoFundMe and I knew that there was going to be people behind this. I knew that we would be able to at least get a month of therapy paid for, which is more than I could have ever hoped for. But as the day went on and the number kept growing, I just couldn't believe it. Ryan and I went for, put me in the out, like in my tilt wheelchair and he took me outside when it was nice one day and I came back inside and my phone was dead. And I was like, well, how did this happen? And when I plugged it back in, I had like over a thousand notifications on my phone and it drained my battery from so many people messaging me and so many people already donating. And now we have over three months of therapy um, paid for. I've been in contact with First Steps Wellness, the owner and director here in Manitoba. And we're getting ready to get this set up within the next few weeks for me to start already. And uh, it just makes me so emotional, sorry. I don't think people realize what this means to me. It is not just, it's not just rehab. This is me walking down my wedding aisle 
This is me returning to my job as a nurse, running and playing with my future kids one day. It's my life, and they are paying to help restore life, and it's beautiful and overwhelming, and I don't know how I will ever be able to thank our community and my friends and family and loved ones. It's just more than I could have ever expected or hoped for. Part of the community that's coming behind you now is actually a restaurant in Steinbeck. Smitty's has reached out, and, and they've got something pretty special planned for you coming up this Friday. Uh, yeah, you know, How did they reach out to you, and what do you think? And maybe just start by explaining what they're going to be doing starting Friday. So this Friday, Smitty's, Steinbeck, and the Meadowwood location in St. Vital has offered to do 10% of all takeoff or all takeout orders will be donated to my GoFundMe. So every time someone orders from them, 10% will go to the GoFundMe to help with spinal rehab. And uh, one of the part owners messaged me on Instagram, and she actually knows um, Ryan's brother who works at the Metalwood location, and she was like, this is something we would really like to do. Um, Would you be okay if we did this? And I was just like, oh, my goodness, this is far more than I could have ever asked for personally so thank you so much and they just started sharing it and this is taken off everywhere i have friends in alberta where i went to school messaging me like oh you're on our news here you're all over facebook here you're all over in the shared pages here and today ryan's friends messaged me they're like oh my buddies who work out in bc look they they like who's brianna seawald she seems to be a local celebrity for you guys and it's just it's traveled all over canada now and it's just again it's so overwhelming. So thankful for them, for everyone who's reached out. You talked about, uh, you know, your fiance, and, and, you know, part of this is going to help you walk down the aisle. How is wedding planning going, and uh, how's all that, considering, you know, everything you've had to go through, then you add in a global pandemic as if your life wasn't more difficult enough at times. How's that going? I, uh, we have not started planning the wedding. My goal, I said, we don't start planning until I can start walking, because my goal is to walk down my aisle with my mom and my dad, and I want to walk toward him that day. And I don't want to start planning that until I can. Because, like I mentioned in my YouTube video, how will I ever pick out a dress if I'm wheelchair bound? I want to pick out a dress when I'm standing in a mirror with my mom and my grandma looking at that. I want to plan a wedding when I can stand on my own two feet. And I think that this is a real possibility now. And um, I've now that I know that that's a possibility, maybe I can start looking now. And that's even more exciting. Man, it's it's got to be such a roller coaster of emotions for you to go from so vulnerable to put yourself out there and ask and you know and like you said it, it is such a humbling experience to to have to to ask that but then to see the response and now to have hope I mean just what's it like to have that kind of hope again Brianna I think hope is that like one thing that kind of I've held on to there's always a hope that I will get better I will get where I need to go. And even in those really tough moments um, when I felt like, you know, this, I am defeated now, there, there's not much left, there's always that little bit of hope. And I think hope is the thing that most people can hold on to and it carries them through, the, you know, the next big thing. And it's, always, it's just so hard for me to put into words. 
It's not an easy thing, no. And, uh, you know, you talked about wanting to give back, and, and you don't even know how you're going to even start repaying, uh, you know, people's kindness and, and just how people have, have sent thoughts and prayers to you. But you being a nurse is a pretty good way to give back. Uh, you know, when you think about, you know, not just walking down the aisle for your wedding, but going to do something that you're so passionate about and that you love, and that's, you know, healing the world and healing, uh, helping people get through accidents just like yours. You know, what does that do for motivation? And when you start having that hope that you get to live your dream as a nurse, what's that like for you? I'm so excited to go back <laughs> to my job. I, if there's like a few things pushing me through this, it's just that like I worked so hard to be a nurse and I only got to be a nurse for 11 and a half months. And it was the best 11 and a half months of my life. There was definitely challenging times. Definitely there was as any one of my fellow nurses know that. But the good days always outweigh the bad days, and I can't wait to get back. And I think that I can be a real, like, I can take my experience as a patient on the other side of the care and really use that to help empathize with my patients now. This experience has has and will make me a better nurse going forward, and I don't wish it on my worst enemy, but it will benefit my career and what I'm able to bring to my patients and advocacy for them and just healthcare as a whole, be able to advocate better for these kinds of patients and car accident victims and things after the afterlife, after immediate trauma. There's still a whole time in the hospital that I can help with. And I think that this really pushes me to be able to get back to my job. And I can't wait for that. And one of my cousins early on said, we always knew that, you know, you were meant for healthcare. Like my mom always said that I had the voice for law, but the heart for healthcare and that maybe we all thought I was supposed to be a nurse so I could help people. But maybe this experience will help me help people that I never thought that I'd be able to reach or touch. So maybe I will be able to help more people now than I would have ever been able to do in the hospital. So that is such a grand thought and idea. And I really do. I really believe that I can help people and help make a positive change. Brianna, we're going to share uh, the GoFundMe link into our story, which is going to come up uh, on SteinbackOnline.com. We're going to have this whole conversation in the podcast as well so people can uh, continue to hear how you're doing uh, your journey through and uh, your your continued road to recovery. Uh, I hate to do this to you because I know that you've said a few times that you can't really put it into words, but just to close out our conversation here, uh, what would you like to say to those people listening right now that have uh, you know donated or supported or are looking to support you? I'll just leave it open to you, and you can say what you will to them. Uh, So, Brianna, take it away. First and foremost, I just would like to thank everyone. What you guys are doing is not just paying for spinal rehab. You're helping restore a life and the possibility to walk again. And it's something that was so easy to take for granted before, but this is my life, and you guys are giving me a second chance. And... There will never be words big enough to thank you all and to tell you how much this means to Ryan and I and my family. It is more than I could have ever asked for, and I appreciate everything and everyone who, even if you think that you can't donate, everyone who shared this message and shared my GoFundMe, you are still part of my story. Thank you for being part of my journey. Thank you for being part of my recovery. It means more to me than you will ever know. 
Brianna, I cannot wait for the day that you walk into the studio and you get to sit down in front and, and we get to have a conversation in person. I'm really looking forward to that day. But until that comes, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for being the inspiration that you are. Thank you for being a positive light and continuing to be uh, to, to be an inspiration and a role model to a lot of people who probably could use a boost, especially if they're in a situation like you were. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. The Country 107 Morning Show with Dave Anthony. Weekday mornings only on Country 107.